Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. What's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Tom Castro Shooting Academy Next Level Podcast. I have a couple of amazing guests. Well, at least one great guest, Mr. Bill Duda, and a good old uh, the, the good old same old Todd Holmes here. So yeah. we are going to get into the South Carolina sectional. So we are about two weeks away. And I figured this would be a good time to put the podcast out to kind of let you guys know that we have how many spots do we have, Todd, just under 30, I think. Right at 30, somewhere right in there. So once you see this, because this is going to come out on Monday, I want you to sign up. We're almost sold out. This will be the first time we're going to sell the match out. The vendor area is going to be awesome. So we just kind of wanted to come up here and uh, kind of beat up Bill because it's his fault that we have all this extra work this year. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You seemed yeah. bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was so bored last year. Anxiety attacks and all that. I was bored. <laughs> Bill, Bill, did you notice? Did you see any of those from him? No, last I didn't see his panic attacks, oh, but I, I, crazy. I did see him crawling yeah. out of the porta potty. I thought it, maybe it was just full. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a complaint last year, not because they were full, because they stunk. And I'm like, it's a porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> like, are they supposed to smell rosy and fresh? Yeah. I did what when I think I went on a 10-minute rant after that match on a podcast okay. about the damn yes. everybody bitching about a porta potty. I just I was like, what in the hell are we doing right now well, in this? Hold sport? up. So so Todd, do you do an after a post-match like uh, yep. uh survey? Yeah. yeah, you're gonna get when people don't have something about the match to bitch about, they'll bitch <laughs> yeah. about the most random thing. Yeah, somebody was <laughs> One year was like uh, the the stage numbers were not well defined, and I was like, it, "Oh, that was well, that was an awesome review." I mean, yeah, that no, was the only that's thing all you, really you got complained about. Yeah, the most popular one was porta potties. Then one following that was there was too much dust, and then <laughs> it just went from there. So yeah. How dare you, Todd? I know, Should right? You made it rain or brought a water truck or something. Oh, What's somebody suggested that you bring a water truck out like every half day. I'm like, did you see the traffic at the club without a water truck going through there? Yeah. I was like, the ones that suffered is you and Da Vinci being up there in that little area where we had you. I think I still have dust in my clothes and truck from that match. <laughs> We're fixing that this year, by the way. So that was a. You know, it's funny though, like this is one of my favorite things about Todd with running the match is that every year he does do that survey. So it allows us or allows him to basically grow every single year and never just go, okay, it was good enough. And that's been the coolest that's part. Like, I, like obviously the porta potty thing, I think you're just going to deal with it regardless. I mean, people are going to complain to complain, oh. but like, like Todd yeah. says, you, he's always looking for a pattern, right? If, if there's a pattern of, you know, 20 suggestions yes. of the same thing, then that might be an actual thing to take action on. Yep. Yeah, like the first year we didn't have tables on stages six, seven, eight, no, seven, eight, nine, and 10. There's the, we didn't put tables or shade over there. There were, they're up the, at the part of the rifle end, but they weren't there. So I put them there. This year, I've got "quote unquote" drivers scheduled to come out and do the porta potties. We'll see if that actually happens or not Saturday night. So, yeah, I just, I just think, uh, I mean, everybody would like a clean bathroom. I get it, but you know, just the when they said the smell was bad, I just thought that was interesting because you know it's not supposed to smell good. It's a bathroom that's literally out there without running water, so it's just kind of how it works. But maybe don't hang out near them, like go back to your stage and don't hang out <laughs> by the board. <laughs> it wasn't like they were on the stage, but um, so let's start off with this. So some of the things that we did this year um, was because of Bill. So we want to talk a little bit about, you know, I guess I'd say our, uh, the partnership that Todd has created with Bill and go fast, don't suck because what you guys just spent a ton of time on the range, actually in the last couple of weeks, putting up Wi-Fi for everything now. Yeah, there's um, Wi-Fi down in the competition bays, on the clubhouse, and on the 300-yard range. And then Bill was kind enough, and I nerded out a little bit this afternoon with his kits to send them. And so I threw the batteries in them, charging them, going to go out and get them on the other side. In. And hopefully for next year, I'll take pictures of Bill's kits. He sent me the parts and make some for next year, so I don't have to bother him for the Wi-Fi at least. There's going to be other shit I always bother him about, but maybe not Wi-Fi this next year. You gonna be able to make the match this year, Bill, or you don't? You still don't know yet. No, it's not looking good. 
I'm, uh, I'm traveling for work on Monday and heading all the way out to California. So. <laughs> Here, I got some signs to put up. <laughs> this wasn't awesome. supposed to be a PG thing, is it? Because I'm totally wrong. No, it's not. It's all right. <laughs> it's I, mean, not. I, I, I got some stickers I'm going to print up for you, Todd. I never That's cuss awesome. on the podcast. Todd's the cusser. I don't ever cuss on the podcast. No. I don't think I've ever said you a cuss word in public ever. So we're good. <laughs> yeah, do you want to sponsor? We were joking. We're gonna put go fast don't such stuff all over in the porta potty. So we you can sponsor those. That. That's only that'll only be the third time it's been done. So oh well sorry. I <laughs> no, thought it was funny. We've done it. Uh the one year we were sponsoring um the Trident match up in Maine. Mm-hmm. and they were like well you know what what would you like to pick up as your sponsorship and i was like i was like you know what dude i was like they were only down to two divisions and a stage and i was like i was like you still got time to get sponsors i was like have if you can find somebody else that wants to sponsor one of those do that and they're like well, what about you you're driving all the way up here i was like i was like you know what i'll be the porta potty sponsor <laughs> and i brought banners and put banners up in the porta potties awesome. because honestly if they were able to pull in another sponsor because they had a division spot available i wanted them to yeah. do that and get that sponsorship so so you uh your experience has been uh area eight right that's where you did most of your you've matched direct and actually ran that match for a couple years right yeah i've done everything in this sport from the just the page shooter to the uh through all of the the ro's to the match director of a level three yeah i did uh i did the virginia maryland match in 2015 i believe it was and then three years of area eight so in, in all your time doing area eight, uh, did it get better every year or did you run into newer problems every single year? Or was it kind of just like you got into a rhythm? Well, I like to think that we made it better every year. Um, I do have some statistics from that, that help. Uh, the first year I ran it, we went from a 300 competitor match to no, it was a 250 competitor match to a 350 competitor match. That's a lot, actually. And by the time I was done, we had 550 registrations. Wow. And of that, I mean, you end up with a bunch of dropouts and stuff, but I think we had 500 full scores posted at least for the, the last year I was there. So, how many stages? How many stages for that type of a match when you have that many shooters? 12 to 13. If, really? And that's like 13 being a combination of two speed courses. If you right. do anything more than that, you're going to have to split it up and do a couple days. Yeah. You know. And then they didn't have that. They don't have the parking facilities for that. No. Is that the same range they had it in the one that, that last year? Yeah. On Alani run gun club up okay. in, uh, uh, well, anyway, I'll remember yeah, I, that later talking. on. Yeah. Yeah. I know what it is. I just, I, cause I was there last year. I wasn't sure if that was the same range that you they always ran it at. So yeah. It's that, match around, sold out. that match sold out in seven minutes this year, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. The, the last several years it has sold out very quickly. The range, um, the range that we started holding it at has turned into like the hot spot for that match. They also run the Virginia or not uh, the mid Atlantic section match there. And it's really popular. They run a, oh, you want to talk about crazy. They run, I think it's a 10 stage local match there every month. So your whatever $40 match fee gets you basically a level two every single month. That's and it cool. really stresses the hell out of everybody else that runs a local <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in I that area, they're like, what do we do? Like, what do we, well, how do we make the section of, match? Yeah, yeah, they have yeah. like 150 shooters, though, don't they? Like, they, they get guys that travel two hours to get to that match sometimes, I think. Yeah, the New York, uh, the um, the guys, uh, the Team Infidel guys really love yeah. coming down and supporting that club, and they, they'll do it damn near every month. So. so what is their staff like? Do that, like, just for their local matches? They have 20, 30 people, or, I mean, they have quite a bit of help, or no? No. No, and it, this is the, the most common thing about most of the sport. You have probably four dudes and, and Vicky. So, you know, you got five people that will basically Wait, manage five, the entire match. Five yeah. people put up 10 stages every month. Well, so they start really early. So you're looking at them putting uh, stages on the ground and then existing on the ground for like, you know, a week before the match mm-hmm. actually happens. But they have that facility there. They have, um, let me think, it's three, four, five, and then six, seven, eight. So they got eight stages that they can put up and rope off so nobody can go over into that area until they tear down. Yeah. So if they get a head start on it and they set up, you know, a bunch of stages the week before or during the week, 
because the, the most of the people that manage that match are are locals. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not very many people that do most of what we do, what we enjoy in the sport. What is I'm, your uh, what What was one of the reasons that you stepped away after running the match for three years? Just burn it. Were you finally burnt out running that big match? I mean, that that's a big, big match to run. Yeah, well, I had put I had put all of my energy into match directing uh, and only doing the one match because I wanted to improve it and make it right. the way I thought an area match should be. And um, since I had the keys, nobody could tell me no. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. So I put all of my energy into that match. And by the midway through the second year, I was like, look, guys, I was like, I'm not doing this four years in a row. I was like, I want to, I want to take a break at least, yeah. you know, let's start finding an assistant match director that I can show what I'm doing too. And uh, by the time I was done, I handed the keys over and, and let somebody else run it. So, and then uh, very shortly thereafter, I was getting bored because I wasn't spending four, you know, 20, 30 hours a week on the match. Yeah. So I ended up starting up go fast. Don't suck by accident. Nice. <laughs> by accident. I love that story, how you guys started it, too, this slogan, at least. Yeah. It's just uh, a bunch of shit talkers is all it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The best. That's what it's about, though. That's what, For a guy that what never cusses on his own podcast, that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it was on the work. It was on there. I read it. So, <laughs> no, I like, um, that's awesome, man. Like, I, I think um, it's starting to become a pattern like with the volunteer thing, I'm starting to see it more and more. Like I talked a little bit about it in my last podcast and it's just, so it's interesting how like you have, that's one of the biggest clubs, right? Like to one of the biggest matches and they have five people. I put on five stages twice a, twice a month and I'm actually canceling my third weekend because I, I don't have a match director to cover it when I'm out of town. I'm in, I'm going to be in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, and I have given everybody notice for, I don't know, a couple of months. I'm kind of good at communicating. I talk a lot. So and in our safety briefings, I said, Hey, you know, like guys, um, this is going to end soon. <laughs> you know, like I will be here when I'm here, but if I'm not, I have a business to run. I don't do this for a living. I don't make <laughs> almost anything doing it. I just enjoy building stages and, and all that stuff. So it's like, all right, there goes the first match already for the year. And there's going to be multiples because the one thing that about coaching in this sport is you make all your money on the weekends. Yeah, <laughs> you you <know>? sure do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I won't be home to make locals. So it's, it's just, uh, and I, and I have a, a match director there that uh, we actually took the match over from and he did it for like, Oh my God, 13 or 14 years. Right. And I asked him the other day, I said, Hey man, do you want to, can you take it over for this weekend? And he was just like, and he had, and he thought about it, right? Like, cause he wants the match, but he looked at me and he was like, you know what, dude, people need to step up. And I was like, great answer. Like, because yep. if he comes back, they'll be like, oh, don't worry about it. Keith will do it. No, he doesn't need to do it. He did it for 14 years. Like he covered it for 14 years. So it's like, I don't know. People need to, it's it's been kind of weird lately. Like South Carolina has been having some issues. A lot of clubs are having issues with just finding people. Yeah. I, I think there was a, there's been a transition of mindset since I've gotten into the thing and it, and it has gone a little bit further away from a volunteer sport and more into, I paid my fee. <laughs> let me yeah. enjoy my game and go home. And yeah. uh, it's a, it's a real disappointment, but I've seen, here and there you will find people um it just won't be the people that have been coming for the last six years it's going to be the new guy that right. you know would really rather save his 20 dollars for the match so he can you know afford ammo to shoot that weekend so he'll come out and start participating and boom you now have a new guy to help you set up matches yeah i'm we starting average, go ahead Todd. Three to, we average three to six for our locals and then this the last two years for the section match. I've got a lot of people that come, but it's three to six every local I do for six stages. You know, something really wild. So area eight, the three years I ran it, um, I actually found a sucker, a buddy uh, uh, <laughs> to come out and literally stay in a hotel and spend the weekend on the range with me setting up most of the match. Just the two of you? 
Yeah, with the two of us. So we would we would spend Wait. the day on the range the entire week setting up, you know, two or three stages a day and uh, and then going back and getting shit faced and you know, <laughs> sitting by the pool and laughing at the kids trying to drown. It was hilarious. Yeah. So like right for us right now, our our local, I'm fine. I'm starting to find help like people like especially some of the newer guys um, they want to help. But the problem is the schedule like they can't come in on a Saturday night, a lot of them. And if you build a good match, it's very difficult to build that the morning of, or you're going to have just shitty stages. So I build Saturday night because I'm a loser, I guess, because I'm obsessed with this game, but I build Saturday night and the last match I had, I had three guys. So I saved three hours of building, but they're not experienced builders. So they basically just move things around and were, but that helped a lot. That was two hours that I saved. So we, we took all the stuff onto the stage and then I was able to stand there and design it. Like, cause I, I don't really write anything down. I just kind of see what I want and build it that way. And they were moving things around. And then as I was going, I was teaching them what I see, why I do things. So I'm trying to like mentor them into it. I, my same group was there with me shooting and I mentored them in ROing this weekend. And I'm looking around and I'm like, where, where the fuck is everybody else? Like no one's helping anyone. No one's mentoring ROs. Like I had to have a safety conversation about if you see a DQ, DQ them. Don't come to me and go, Hey, we just, we think this guy DQ'd. Um, then DQ him. I just, what can I do after a fact? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it doesn't like, there's just stuff where it's like, well, I don't want to be a jerk. I said, you're not being a jerk. This is the sport. If the guy shoots somebody, then how are you going to feel? Right. And I mean, I have a lot of new shooters and the crazy part is not even the damn new shooters that are breaking the 180. So it's like, (laughs) uh, well, I give them a, a, I give them a safety brief at the beginning. I was like, listen, you're going to suck. I give them the safety brief. A guy never got right. You're never going to, you're not going to win on your first try. You're probably going to suck. Don't worry about it. Just once you're done shooting, take a deep breath, unload face down range, unload show clear. And you can't win if you don't finish the match anyway. So that seems to really work because I don't give them the old, Hey, you know, all the commands and shit. I give them that, but it's like so confusing for a lot of new shooters. So I'm like, if you have any questions, just ask, don't, don't wait until it's too late. Just go, Hmm, I'm not hundred percent sure if I'm supposed to pull my gun out of my holster. (laughs) Right. So ask that question. No, one's going to make fun of you. I promise. And everybody wants to help you here. So it's been great. We've had a lot of really, really good experiences with new shooters and I'm holding on to those new shooters. That, yeah, that's yeah. one of my, my favorite things about my match is that I'm starting to see like entire squads of new shooters that have, you know, grown into the sport. And I'm like, all right, time to hand them a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's run them off. <laughs> no, you need to, you, after you set up with us, you're going to go buy a hammer drill and uh, shooting sports innovation thing. I promise you when you use that as a section match, you're buying one. Well, I, I remember being at um being there for building my stage for the class the other the last time I was there. And I yeah. was just like, I'm getting this. And I actually the other day I pulled a stage down by myself for practice uh, that I I kept from Sunday. And I was yeah. like, Holy shit, I put all these in by hand. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dude, I swear to God, it was half of a five gallon bucket that I nailed in of all the yeah. shit. And I'm just like, why? I'm done with this. <laughs> no. The first year I did the Virginia Maryland section match and I spent that week hammering. Um, I was shooting revolver at the time. <laughs> and it was the day it was the day before staff match, and we had all the staff showing up to help finish up. And I was like, look, guys, I was like, I'm not swinging a hammer today. I was like, I have to squeeze a revolver trigger for the next <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, I, my arms need a break right. from this. A little noodles. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, this will be the first section match we've had the hammer drills, but at the locals, it saves us an hour or two just at the locals from being able to do that. We've run two of them. Yep. Next step is make sure you got crowbars for breakdown. It really, uh, we've got tons of those. We have the 44 inch wrecking bars with the B cut in them. Nice. Yep. The hardest part about ta- about the belt and gun club is that they have some pretty thick ground cover. Yeah. So like you, like, and it's not that the ground cover is hard to get through because you just rake it real easy. It's just, it gets out of the way real fast. It's that when you need to make a micro adjustment, the damn wall wants to fall over because, you know, you got to get down to the clay. So when you get down to the clay and for whatever reason where those bays are, the wind just comes wailing through that area. And it's like, all right, move it two inches. And then it's boom. Like what the <laughs> didn't even get to move the damn thing. And it already fell over. So it tends to take two people to put walls up there. Um, when it should take one person, but I mean, listen, once you nail that shit in there, it doesn't come out. I mean, <laughs> um, 
and then for section we put wall supports up because the first year we built matches there we didn't put any wall supports up and we were shooting in admin day we got through the competition area fine one through six was fine but we did the back half six through ten the stages were blowing over as we're trying to shoot them <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, literally I, I, we were rebuilding stages and then putting the wall support sticks up and then shooting it <laughs> was this last year or the year before no the year before when year lucky before. david and I, dave lucky gray david lyell and i did it david lyell was having a good day he wanted to win open and everything and then once we hit those stages there's one That's point it. where we didn't shoot for like two hours <laughs> and he just went cold so that was the that was the first match that I went there for um, mm-hmm. with you guys, but that was before we even were friends. And that was the match that I remember walking up, and the local shooters that are members of the club were like tearing, trying to tear down shit from the stage. They were walking out like, "Well, this is our. We're going to use this." And and I remember, I don't remember who walked up, but somebody was like, um, "No." This is a match. Like you can't just. They're like, "We'll just put it to the side and shoot." And they're like no, you can't yeah. touch this. And it I was, was like, I'm looking at him like, I, I'm not part of that range, but I'm even, I'm going, you better not touch that shit, dude. Cause you're going to get your ass like in a, in a big world of trouble. Cause you can't just move the target back where it was that whole stage. I mean, there was like two bays they were trying to take too. It was like, goodness. I might just lay down and quit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got called over there for one of them. I'm like, look, I've sent the emails out. I've done everything you need to leave. And the, I didn't realize it was, yeah, it was not fun. Let's talk about that a little bit because like, so right now the big difference that I've noticed in area eight and the South Carolina sectional is that we don't have access to all of our base a week early. So no, got- like <clears throat> right now that the, the club that um, the difference in the way South Carolina is there area eight ranges yeah. is South Carolina is actually ran by or used by the, the members throughout the whole year. And then we they have six, what is it? Six competition base. Yeah. six. And then the rest is like a public, I guess the public rate, it's not really public line, but it's like giant bays, but then the public uses it or the, the members use it. So we have to wait to tear those, to use those bays until last minute. So members get to use it until we don't. What do you get? Do you get the day, day before staff or do you get two days before staff? We'll get, Current schedule is we'll get two of them on Tuesday and two on Wednesday. But if it's slow or whatever, I can pro- I'll bump it up like I did last year. But that's the current schedule. Yeah, so we should get it sooner. I hope that, next Tom, year. Tom, that's actually pretty typical. For, yeah. yeah, for a lot of different areas, you get um, you get some bays that you can set up the, like starting the weekend before, and then but you got to leave open bays, and then mm-hmm. right before the match, you're allowed to have yep. whatever left because they pay for. Them. Yeah, I know ours is uh I know our like the range that I use for the for our match the one of the reasons why I struggle with getting it done on you know trying to get it done is I can't get to the base till 5:30. So I already start off extremely late trying to build five stages because the range is open till 5:30. Every once in a while I'll get lucky and nobody's on the range you know but at least get one built um before 7. <laughs> but it doesn't always work that way. So that that is definitely a a a factor in building matches, especially these big matches like this, because the details really matter when you get into those bigger matches. Mm. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And we'll have two RMs this year and they'll both be there early. So that's going to help out too. So I'm not scrambling on Thursday to do the final touches on the stages and then shoot as an admin squad. That's always fun. Just be careful with the RMs these days. (laughs) I've seen some RMs step on match director and i was pretty disappointed so yeah essentially essentially whatever you've set up for the match as long as there's not something unsafe or illegal about it they shouldn't Mm -hmm. be making changes to your stages no thank you bill duda this is what i've been saying (laughs) well tom doesn't want to screw the target sticks in but we're still doing it so you don't need to screw target (laughs) sticks in it's the most ridiculous shit i've ever heard in my life well okay not screwing them in is, I mean, screwing them in is something new for my ear hole. Um, I've seen them, I've seen us use wedges on stuff that didn't need oh, to be blowing around. There you go. Thank you. The wedges, Bill. we could, we've got 
we've got the wedges or we put the screws in them either way it's got something's got to be done with those wood target stains that we use so they don't blow back and forth so it's especially when you have them at like a wall angle where if they're blowing one way you got mm -hmm. an advantage if they blow the other way your bones yeah exactly right but a wide open target okay doesn't need that at all uh, dude listen you don't even understand there is a level of a um uh add but like uh, ocd yes i've I've heard stories and i've met this very awesome gentleman lou walker from up in our area that was setting up matches long before i even came into the sport and he was kind of notorious about uh setting up a dry a dry string for fault lines to be lined up correctly (laughs) so there's there are levels of attention to detail that we don't okay. all pay attention well, to it. Listen, wow. I'm very detailed. I'm a super detailed person. But I'm have you super... ever set up a string so your fault lines were straight? No, no you know why? Because that's retarded. That's <laughs> well, just retarded. Okay. I don't care. It listen, was somebody else's level. level. dumb. That's next you level extra. You not, you're not yeah. wanting the targets to go back and forth might be retarded to somebody it's, else. It's not that bad, yeah. Bill. It's not that bad. I promise. <laughs> I've been there. I've shot their matches. I've shot at that range a lot. I put my classes on there in really good windy storms and very cold weather. Jesus. You don't make me want to go to any of your it's classes. Not that that bad. Know, right? it's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. This stuff is ridiculous. These, I mean, listen, it's ridiculous. Dude, it's <laughs> winter. I've been shooting PCC, so I'll take my jacket off. <laughs> I saw you with no shirt yeah, on. Yeah, but you shoot it without your shirt on. So hey, that was that was a false summer day. <laughs> and I didn't bring my pistol, so I was shooting with PCC uh, with a shirt man. off. So. By the way, I'm loving the limited optics um, game to PCC. <laughs> I'm not gays no more. <laughs> that was the one I just remembered the most. I was like, oh, my God, he's on fire right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's definitely some interesting people out there. And I like making fun of them. Yes. <laughs> well, you kind of have a business model around it. Isn't it retarded? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about I want to I want to get into kind of what you helped provide us for this match because it it's going to change basically everything when it comes to scores for us. So right now you basically gave us packets. Uh well, Todd, tell you tell tell me or Bill, you tell me what we what you sent us totally so I don't mess up what you actually sent. Sure, not a problem. So uh, last year when I was out there, Todd and I were discussing, you know, because I went and brought the entire Wi-Fi package. I drove all the way down there and made sure that you had we had range coverage for the Wi-Fi so we could do live scoring. Um, and it really, like, it takes a lot of heading out for a match to do it that way. For sure. And Todd and I started discussing what would it take for them to set that up so that they didn't have to have me come out. Because I was like, look, I was like, I... I've spent a lot of money to get out here. To do this. <laughs> it's a lot like more than hours. a lot more than GoFast don't suck can absorb. So it's yeah. it's not something I could do two years in a row. And uh, so we, we we talked about it several times, and um, I offered my opinions. But what he really needed was a better IT solution uh, to come out and do a professional setup for them. So they've got now on their practical shooting pits. If I'm not mistaken, you've got a couple of access points that share mesh from the the clubhouse yeah. now. Yep, from the clubhouse, we've got one on the 300-yard range, one actually on the clubhouse, and then one on Competition Bay 2 and Competition Bay 5. And we got a quote for it. The club didn't want to pay for it. So Randy Meadows and I, uh, well, Randy really kind of picked it up there, did the research on the wavelengths, and then we started installing them and figuring out what the best coverage that we could get down there and then how far we can drop it off where we have electricity at the club. So. Right. So those are permanently powered, which is awesome. But with them having spent their money on that and, you know, they kind of blew their wad getting it set up for the the normal every match thing. um, They've got the extra rifle base that they uh, you guys call it downhill, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The multiplex base. But yeah. Right. So down there, there was those other bays. There's no power, no connection down there. So Mm -hmm. since I'm not making the trip, um, I actually sent him battery packs, uh, access points and power supplies and stuff to be able to emulate what I had done on his own, knock it out. Um, He's obviously nerded out about this enough to be able to to manage it. So I just sent the package to him. That's awesome. We'll uh, return little return label. I'll probably yeah, get everything that. back. That It'll awesome. be awesome. <laughs> so now, so basically, they'll be able to look at their scores as soon as they finish shooting. I guess, right? Is yeah, that what the goal is? Competitor. 
So live scoring uh, is taken a couple different ways. Um, so what we have is we have through practice score, they've enabled when you, when you enable um, score logging, what that does is as long as you have an internet connection on that device, that device will take your score and immediately push it out to the servers of practice score. Once they hit the servers of practice score, as long as you have emails turned on, it will log that email and send it straight out to the shooter. Now, that's cool because you don't have to do paper receipts as long as you have enough backups. You know, you have to have a certain level of backups and a certain number of like, like every half hour, you have to do a manual pool to make sure there's one master tablet with everything on it. Right. Um, but at minimum, you have everything on the cloud. So, um, so the next step to that is practice score competitor. Now, practice score competitor was not originally designed to be a practice score product, but what it does uh, what he's what he's been able to do is it, it takes the email and will parse out your scores. Not only that, but if you have um, like the uh, the split scoring timers that have the Bluetooth enabled, mm-hmm. if they'll pull those score those splits to the tablet as well. Now you won't see that in this is the the little thing people don't realize. So if you have practice score competitor and you refresh it after you've submitted your scores, you give it a you know a minute for practice score that competitor actually pull right. and parse that email out. But you'll get an update in there and you can see where you're at in the standings based on that stage and you're finished in that moment. Yep. You won't be able to see the splits yet. When they do a manual pull to the master tablet, that pulls all the splits in. And when they push from that, whatever at lunch and, it, and, and at the end of the day, then you can yeah. also get to see your splits compared to other shooters. And that's where you can really start to nerd out into the details of why you suck. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't realize that it didn't pull the splits part until then. So I learned something. Right. So the email that you get is what practice score competitor parses out. So you can see basically all you really need is the hit factor, but it's right. going to tell you the time and the, and the, uh, whatever alphas, right right i'm a big i'm a big fan of the bluetooth uh splits uh and all that on the on the like i really am adamant when i set up so we have for us we do the same exact thing it doesn't go live obviously because we don't have that but the technology or anything and we're definitely not putting that onto a range that i don't own um but we have a setup to where i'm adamant about really make sure that you guys push that button for those splits and it's not it's just so that we can give the shooters more information it's not i mean some people just don't know or don't care but i'm like if you're scoring me i'm like hey bro hit that button like you know like hit that button it's very important to me like and, and again it's not like a good example, the other day I had a draw, uh, an unloaded start draw, and I was struggling with that. And that's one of the reasons I started to put the stage with an unloaded start. So when I hit it, I was like, what was that? I was like, you hit that button so I can study that later. <laughs> and it, it was exactly what I set the stage up for. It was just that one position. Well, um, there's, so it's really cool. There's two more things that relate that that pushing that button on the, on the tablet does. So the tablet, depending on if you're using iOS or Android, um, the tablet will either keep syncing from the timer. So if you then take it and stick it behind your back and hit your belt, it'll pick up that as a split and update the tablet. Right. So you don't want that. And then, so when you hit that button, it actually locks in the time and you mm-hmm. can pick up extra shots and tap the timer. And it's not going to pick up those. extra. Oh, nice. Shots I didn't anymore. know that. Okay. Right. And the other thing, and this is actually something that saved me at area seven last year, area seven, maybe it was Trident. I can't remember either. Um, but up in Maine, uh, I had, I had an extra like four seconds on my time. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And we went back and looked in the tablet because they had pushed that button. It showed that there was a four second split between the last shot. And they were like, did he do that? And they're like, no, he fucking killed that stage. That was the only one he shot well on right. all day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, give me my real score. Yeah. I, I didn't have to reshoot and I didn't have to eat the four seconds. So that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. I had the same thing happen in Texas, um, but with no Bluetooth. So, um, but they were able to go back and find it. They did have the commander. Um, so it was really easy to find, but they did, they had to go back and they were like, Whoa, what? And actually it was funny. Cause well, I guess it's not funny because four or five other shooters had problems with their scores as well. So they were able to go back for them though, because they had already hit the button and they were able to find it and, and make the adjustments. But as soon as I, when I came away from that stage, originally they, they said something like 11 or 12. And I think it was like a seven second stage. Um, and, cause I had other people to watch and follow, uh, that weren't at like per se my level. But when I was like, wait, wait, 
I have a 10 second on that guy. And he had like five makeup shots. I was like, there's no way my time is that. And I was just like, well, man, did I really suck? Like miss something? I don't, maybe I, I don't know. Cause you never know, you know, you try not to be that guy who fights and argues and shit about something that you're like, I'm pretty sure I did. Okay. On that. <laughs> and it was it's, good because that I said something because four or five. It's the guy with the timer like this. Right. Load and show clear and you're not 100%. paying attention. You rack the gun. Right. And now you and picked up an extra shot. Actually what happened because it was with an open gun and I usually don't, um, it, I had just started shooting. It was in Texas and I racked it like six or seven times. Cause I'm like new to me to get you, you know, like, and it just, dude, he was just like, click, 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 click. And he was getting every single one of those racks. I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess that's where it went up. <laughs> so, um, Actually, you're you're like this. So I'm glad you came on, man, because we haven't really had a chance to have this conversation. But since we're on the podcast, I can tell you, you're one of the reasons. And it's funny, we joked about it with the dirt and all the stuff that you dealt with last year. You're one of the reasons that I kind of jumped in both feet first on the sponsorship area. And I persuaded Todd multiple times <laughs> to steal the biggest bay that we have to do a live fire bay, to bring in as many sponsors as we could in the vendor area, not just bring sponsors to the match because that's awesome, but I wanted interaction with shooters and sponsors. I want to change the way we treat sponsors. Your tent was frustrating to me last year because you were in a great spot for everyone to go by. The problem is, is everybody went by. Yeah, It wasn't yeah, a good yeah. stopping point. So for me, I, I had made my decision to jump in and really get involved in, in the match and like talk to Todd. I'm like, listen, man, we need to do this. I'm telling you, we talked to Bill, this can be done. We can make this so much better. We need to make vendor row something that's real, not just, Hey, sticks. We like last year is a good example is we had vendors in front of stages, which is normally great, right? That's no big deal, but like 40 miles from each other, there's no camaraderie. There's no, vendors being near each other there's no yeah. specific place like hey vendor 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 it was just like oh cool like there's one yeah <laughs> it was and just so random oh there's another one way over there right right okay. so uh, this year we actually took the biggest bay which is one which really makes todd nervous by the way so you have to go to vendor row when you listen to this guys um <laughs> we took the biggest bay and i'm going to cut it in half we're going to have a warm-up bay a sight in bay any and we're going to have the uh, it's going to be a test area for all of our vendors that are bringing guns. I will say that I'm a little frustrated sponsors right here, right here. I'm a little frustrated that I reached out and never got to go screw yourself. No, thank you. Nothing. But if I was to get that message, if you were to call me for something and I didn't call you back, how would that feel? Right. So I get this in, I used to get this in construction. If you didn't call somebody back, you were a dick. But if you sent somebody an estimate and they didn't call you back, well, that's just the way it goes. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, interesting how that works. But I really, really wanted to promote more sponsors, but it seems like they didn't want to come. They didn't even want to respond back. So Bill, maybe you could give me some advice on what did I do wrong there? <laughs> did I not start early enough? Lower your uh, expectations. Yeah. Is that what it is? Am I, am so, I expecting it to be much better than it is? Well, let me spit it out to you from now on the sponsor side of things that, that I'm doing nowadays. Um, well, I've been in your shoes where I've, I've sent out emails and requests and things and, and didn't hear back, but was really excited when I did hear something back. I was like, awesome. I got somebody right. awesome. Right. Um, I get emails from all across the country, um, people that I've never even heard of that would like for me to sponsor their match. And I've only, I mean, I'm really small, dude. I don't have this big budget to blow around. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. Let me, let me, let me look. And then it'll get put into my, now I have a folder specifically for sponsor requests. It'll get put in there and I'll do shit like, uh, last week before I got on an airplane, I was sitting here drawing up, uh, I was sitting here drawing up, uh, certificates and, and mailing them out without even saying, Hey, I'm sending you something like, nice. so just, <laughs> just get it done and send it out. Like those, right. I got an email from, him, he's like, Oh, that's awesome. I got your, I got your letter today. I'm like, 
what what letter yeah <laughs> Where, you know, I send it to? the sponsor right. certificates i was like oh right okay yeah i'm glad you got them sweet right. <laughs> i'm just i i want to i just feel like the sponsors have been i don't want to say done dirty but just not not made a priority for so long that i think that i'm fighting that right now well right? so I've had, I've had people come to me asking me about how they can get sponsored and things like that. And it's the same thing for a match. If you can demonstrate to somebody quickly, I mean, this is a sales pitch. If you can demonstrate to somebody quickly that you understand what they offer and you think you've got something new that you'd like to, you know, showcase for them, it's, it's a much better draw. I've gotten emails that is like the standard big email. And I'm like, Oh, I'll just, yeah cut them a whatever $300 inserts and be done with it. Right. Like I can't, I, I I'm not going to read all that. I'm sorry. I love you guys. That. And then I got in the other one. It was a short, it was like, Hey, you're an asshole. You're the reason I'm even doing this shit. Why don't you send me some stuff? I'm like, okay, you understand. God, is that your letter? <laughs> Did you send that to Bill? You dick. Yeah. <laughs> Actually mine was, I went back and found a post of his that he did about the Wi-Fi and stuff that he was doing. I'm like, Hey, can we do this? Yeah. And he responded back. He's like, you're planning like nine months out. He's like, you'll be my first one for this year. I'm like, nice. yes, that's awesome. Because honestly, I didn't know what I was going to do. We had printers the year before and the printers don't like dust and belt and gun club as dust. Yes. So we had all sorts of issues all match with the printers. But so the other thing that I, I try to tell matches and uh, people trying to get sponsorship as well is it has a questionable return on investment, right? Like how much money I put in has a questionable, it's hard to create. How much did that earn me doing that sponsorship? How much does me sponsoring you as a shooter and paying for four year matches this year and getting you a Jersey and things like that, giving you some of my product, what does that do for me? And how can I, make this you know show that this is actually a return on investment if you realize these guys are these guys are doing it because they love the game and they they they're more interested in you what, what you're doing and less about what the match statistics are um that's that's how you end up with this like if you can explain to a sponsor that you are aware that you're not going to make them money but you want to be able to showcase them in a way that they haven't seen before Look at what we did last year. And like when we did area, I said, I'm oh, sorry. I had a video from the Virginia, uh, Virginia match where I had um, somebody run around with a camera that they got their free match just so they ran around with a camera and made me like a little highlight reel. And it had sponsor banners in it and it had, you know, and it looked real slick and it had some music to it. And when I sent that link along with my sponsorship request, I got a lot more response because they were seeing something new they hadn't seen before. And it was being shown to the public in a way that was positive, that was, you know, showing their brand off and things like that. So mm -hmm. if you can find a new way to, or even if it's an old way and you've been seeing it, like some of the, and look, I know everybody has their loves and hates about the org, right? But uh, this last, this last series of, um, of nationals, they did a really good job. They, they legitimately got somebody there to do the short clips and stuff like that, that looked professional. I mean, they were professional, right? But, and, and that, that created content for them to use all year long yep. on their social medias. And it was amazing. It was definitely the way to do that. If you can find somebody like that to show up to your match and you can show a sponsor like, hey, this is what we did for you last year. Are you in again? They'll probably be like, fuck yeah, I'm in again. That was awesome. Well, that's the plan this year. I am bringing all of my camera gear. I plan on setting up a podcast booth so that we can have conversations with the vendors. Um, they can showcase their gear. Uh, my, my plan is, I mean, we post something almost every single day about our sponsors. So it's like more than that one every three month thing that I hear a lot in packages. Uh, we post something almost every day. I post something on my personal page, like for my own, like the Tom Castro shooting Academy has nothing to do with South Carolina, but I'm posting it on there because, you know, to get my group of people that follow me to follow that as well. We are, I'm bringing everything. I'm bringing cameras, lights. I'm, I mean, I spent, thanks to you, a thousand dollars for a tent setup. What the hell was I doing? I spent <laughs> another $1,500 in shirts and hats to fill in sizes that I didn't have. 
Uh, I'm going all out, man. Like I, I know this will be successful and I know the first year is going to, I don't think we'll struggle a lot just because of the vision that I have. I'm pretty good at like kind of making those things happen. I'm sure there's going to be shit that doesn't go perfect. And that's just how it works at every match. But it's just like the thing that I struggle with the most is I know what will sell in this sport. And if you get your gear in front of someone's hands and you get them out on the range, they're going to buy it. But if you don't, if you're not at the rate, the thing is, is I understand the cost. Like I was able to talk to somebody from CZ at SHOT Show and ask him about coming to the match. And he gave me a pretty darn high number of what it would cost him to come. And it's almost five grand, he said. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to sell $5,000 in CZs for you. You know what I mean? But it's, again, it's just like, it's just like, okay, so a great example is Glock. I was able to call Glock and get a hold of Shane and have a conversation with him about, you know, coming into the match. I explained to him what I wanted to do, what we're going to do. I asked him if he could bring his new trigger to the match, right? And set up guns. I have FFLs we could give it to, whatever we had to do to get it to work. I want people to try that new trigger. And it's funny because I've never really been like a huge Glock guy, but I was at SHOT Show and actually felt that trigger. I'm like, this actually changes this gun. Like, tremendously it's that nice it it literally is that nice did and it fix the grip like, angle no it didn't fix the grip angle right. no, no 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 but again there's a lot of people that don't that don't care about the angle they care more about the trigger right they like the angle they just hate the sloppy trigger that they've always had sure so he he has this amazing product and um but scheduling didn't work out plus He's like, yeah, man, uh, I can't keep them in stock. I'm like, you guys own the product. Steal two of them. <laughs> Don't sell those two and have it as a demo gun, right? But And he just wasn't able to make it this year. But, you know, again, able to sponsor us, actually gave us one of the nicest sponsor packages so far. And it's like, man, it's like, that's those are the guys that I will 100%, you know, remember next year to get a hold of early and be like, look, I will give you this much more extra conversation on, on, you know, posting about you throughout the year, instead of just that standard, you know, Hey guys, we'll get you three months or in your matchbook kind of thing. Yep. So it's just, you know, the videos are coming. It's all that stuff. And yes, it takes time, but it, it's just, I just feel like I was kind of fighting the, well, there's not enough money in it. And yeah. it's just like, there's not enough money in it because I feel like we've like the shooter and the, the sponsors have separated. They're not one anymore like they used to be, at least, at least from well, what I so, would see. Right. So sponsorship back in the day and vendors back in the day was, uh, how do you describe this? It's kind of like, um, the, you, you got to remember, this was all, this all started way pre-internet, right? Especially right. pre-Amazon, right? Yeah. <laughs> like if, <laughs> if you wanted to see what a, a, you know, if you actually wanted a new Magwell for your 2011, you had to hope a vendor showed up with right. a 2011 Magwell that you that would fit your gun, that fit yeah. your, you know, or if you wanted to do something, you only got exposed to it through this. Now with social media, with online purchasing, with websites, it's so much easier uh, to be uh, a sponsor by just kicking out what the match asks for instead of showing up. And mm -hmm. yeah. expecting the rest of that media to travel around, but there's, mm -hmm. there's other people that are willing to, to put the effort in and you see these guys. And this is the part that hurts my emotions a little bit. My, my one emotion I've got left this one where you got somebody that shows up to matches all the time, right? They're there. You see them at all these level twos, level threes, you see them sponsoring nationals and you, you, you see their name everywhere. And when you go to buy a product, the first thing you think of, well, let me check Gunbroker. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me let me see what's available on uh on whatever Bob's Gun Shop. Let me just go down to my local place and see what they got. I mean, I'm not trying to harp too bad on local places, but if you're gonna if you're gonna like get a product for our sport to play our sport, why don't you go like support yeah. somebody that actually supports the sport? That's that's huge for me. Um, I. I was recent. I was talking to Donna Webb when we were down in um, down in Area Six, and she was like, "Well, you know, what do you think about this idea or that idea?" I was like, "Donna, I was like, I was like, I think that's great, and I know I can supply that for you. But if you don't like what I've got, or you think my price is wrong or whatever, go get it someplace else. But please look within the sport first. Like, 
mm-hmm. if you want to do like hats or something and you don't want them for mm-hmm. me there's there's other companies that are doing that if you don't want you know a jersey for me there's at least three main manufacturers that are also making them too go talk to those guys let's let's keep it within the sport if you can um don't you know that's why i started doing the banners because i'm looking around and i'm like all right so i can order a 50 dollar four foot banner right and it it'll last forever i need it to ship to a match and never see again it needs to last three yeah. days four days right so it needs to last four days <laughs> Oh shit! I bought this printer so I could do dry fire decals. I can kick out four foot banners all day long and charge less than half that. So let's let's do. And the reason I do it is to help matches spend less money, so they can spend more money on the shooters, and help sponsors spend less money, so they can spend more money on the matches. Mm-hmm. So it's all just as long as this shit pays for itself. I don't care. I mean, so I, this is one of the things I was actually going to bring up, and I'm glad you you I couldn't have segued it any better. This is exactly what we did when we needed banners. We didn't go like you actually sent me to somebody to buy what I needed for my commercial tent because you didn't make it big enough. So I bought what I couldn't buy from you. And then I bought all of my banners from you. Todd bought all of the South Carolina banners that we needed from you. That is what was the goal from the beginning. Right. Like I was like, Hey man, I need this size that you're like, I don't make those, but I make this, this, and this, I go, give me four of those. And then I'll go buy this over here. And then, then I went down the rabbit hole of Holy shit and spent a thousand bucks on shit <laughs> to make. So I have a professional tent and everything else at this match. You did end up with like, a full, you did end up with a full canopy and everything, didn't you? So I bought my tent separate and then I bought the canopy. I bought a back wall, a side wall, yeah, and then and then hold on. Speaking of Amazon, how, here, how I bought big a tablecloth. I bought a tablecloth. It's a forty by forty. No, I'm kidding, dude. It's only a ten by ten. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? It's a, it's a ten by ten. I just bought a commercial ten by ten. It was one hundred eighty-eight oh. bucks versus a four hundred and fifty dollars, which is what they were charging. And I'm sure they were, they're probably pretty close. But stop trying to make Todd cry. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I was just yeah. like, watch like, room. Like, got no room. <laughs> I was like, that's the tent for everybody. <laughs> it's going to cover two bays easily. Uh, yep. <laughs> so th- I mean, that's kind of one of the things that I'm excited about the most is I guess I'm excited and disappointed. Like I, I had this like vision of just rows and rows of tents with vendors on the left and vendors on the right. And it's just it. I mean, it's going to be packed. Don't get me wrong. But I, I'm not going to have the 19 sponsors that I have come into the match able to show up, right? Or 18 sponsors, whatever it is that we had. But it's like, that was the part that was frustrating me because I I mean, and I've been in contact with all the vendors that are coming. And I was like, I, you know, it's easier to talk to somebody on the phone and give them that vision than it is to email somebody, right? They And, and not only that, but I think they can feel the passion that I have for growing this vendor area because to me, I came from the paintball world before I ever did this. And let me tell you something. You have never been to an event like a paintball mat like that, because those guys literally bring tractor trailers and open up the side of those bitches and put up tents and they have clothing. I mean, every single year you would spend two grand on just a paintball gun. I mean, every year, even though you had one, you were like, Oh, cool. The new one's out. I'm going to go buy it. It, I mean, it, it didn't matter. Right. Like, we have the same opportunity in this sport. Like Canik just came out with a brand new rival S they can't even keep them on the shelf, but people want to buy them. They want to feel them. They want to shoot them. They want to see what they're like. They, and you just, I get it. We have 35,000 members, but that's 35,000 customers. I have almost 400 people coming to this match, right? It's like, that's 400 customers. I was, uh, I was at a match. (laughs) I was at a match when a vendor was there. And they were they were packing their, their booth up and they were leaving on a, on a Saturday. I was like, oh. we're shooting tomorrow. And he's yeah. like, he's like, yeah. I was like, hold up. I was like, let me understand. And I called over the match director. I says, hey, I was like, this isn't like a sanctioned match. He's like, no, it's kind of our our, our falling steel thing. I was like, yeah, right, right, okay, okay. I says, how many new shooters to the sport do you think are going to show up tomorrow? And he's like, oh, like ninety percent of the people that show up are just your local, you know, people that they come out to shoot our steel match anyway. And I was like, okay. I was like, and you paid for your hotel already? He's like, yeah. I was like, is your flight in the morning? He's like, no, it's not until late afternoon. I was like, and you're going home early without, with missing 90% of the people showing up tomorrow as unexposed to your equipment. Where are you going? So there's, there's a level of understanding with sponsors as well that is being missed on. But um, 
Yeah, we. I just had that conversation with um, with um, Masterpiece Arms, uh, David David Lyle. I said, "Listen, man, I called him. I called. Um, oh my gosh, who was the other one I called? I called one other one of our other big sponsors, and I said, guys, listen. Oh, uh, Brian from Hunters HD Gold. I said, when are you coming in? I asked both of them separately. Obviously, I said, when are you guys coming in? <laughs> I said, I want you guys to realize, or I want you to understand that we have paid staff." That's 75 shooters that are 75 customers that are shooting on Friday for staff day. Can you be here for Friday? I want them to get the full experience of staff of this match and not feel like staff. Right. So, I mean, I'm setting my, I'm setting everything up. I have, I don't want them to feel like staff. I want them to feel like part of the match. So yeah. I, that's why, so they, they're going to try to come in Friday instead. Uh, Actually, Brian's coming in Wednesday night or went, driving in Wednesday. He's going to be there for Thursday and set up. So I'm going to set him up in a little bit different spot. Well, he's got, remember, I got to pull him in and out. He's got to yeah. drive. Everybody else is going to leave a tent. So I've got to, I want him to kind of pick what's the easiest for him to come in and out. And he brings a mansion with him anyway, every time. So I need to, yeah. he needs extra space and he bought a new tent. So my goal is to add shade in there and all of our foods there. So it should keep them in that area is my goal. And I, I want people to enjoy it. I don't want people just to be like, oh, God, I got to go see walk through a vendor. I want them to go and shoot the shit, hang out, be around that area. It's well, it's it's what it should feel like. It should feel like an event. Yep. Not if, always, go ahead, Bill. Sorry. And if and if you're a shooter and you've gone to a match or you're, you're going to this match and you're going to see these vendors there, and even if it's people you've seen before or whatever, you know, you know, you're going to go up and, and you just don't want to be hassled with the idea of like being given a sales pitch or whatever. All, first off, all these guys are really laid back. They're there anyway. They're probably exhausted <laughs> from being there. You know, they're not trying to sit there and give you a hard sell. Right. So just go up and talk to them. They're shooters. Right. They just want to hang out with you. And then the other thing is, um, it, even if you're a seasoned player of the sport and you've seen all these and you've seen all these people and you've met them all you know them by name just walk up and thank for being there because yep. i've done that i've done that at nationals where i wasn't even shooting the damn thing just walk around to all the vendors and say hey man i really appreciate you being here you know it's cool seeing you guys here i i'm, I'm not even shooting i just want you guys to know that you're doing awesome thank you for being here and it meant a lot to some of them they were like nobody has thanked us for being here <laughs> except for like you know the coordinator that, that asked me to show up so just let them know that you appreciate them being there even if you're not standing in their booth spending money with them because it's yeah, it is to, a big investment to show up if you go to the match website i've already got it active but um it's a simple google form sp called sponsor appreciation everybody's on there you can literally go there put your name in quick comment at the end of the match, you're going to take it and send it to everybody that got the comments. I mean, it goes a long ways. I've talked to sponsors that said if they got one comment, one positive comment in some way, they would sponsor that match the next year. Dude, jump on Google. Google search their 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 business and then just yeah. leave a leave a, a, a whatever, four or five star review, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. And tell them, you know, hey, you know, it was awesome seeing the match. I really appreciate even if it's on Facebook or Instagram, you can go in and like leave comments about their business whatever it's, yep. it's just the little things like that or you know like me i go on the food vendors website and ask them uh you know tell everybody how great i thought his meat was in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> well and this year we're gonna have the barbecue guy he's gonna do hamburgers and hot dogs but um something that was asked for and as a joke but we're actually gonna have a guy that makes homemade ice cream there this year let's go i asked for yeah. that <laughs> I'm not eating it. I'm staying on my diet, damn it. But I'm just saying I asked for it because Area 8 oh, had it and right. I almost broke my diet because of Area 8. That thing was so, looks so good. I'm like, I'm not doing I it. I call I'm bullshit. Gonna You're going to spend three days next to homemade ice cream. I'm not doing not it, bro. It. I know who I'm eating my ice cream in front of next year, Tom. Yeah, Come on. you bastard. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so they, um, like, like one thing that happened at this match that I thought was that's going to be really cool is um, Jonathan from Outdoor Dynamics obviously makes ammo and he's partnered up with Da Vinci and Masterpiece Arms and he is providing them ammo for people to try their firearms in why well, I have kind of two things that I haven't really talked about. They're going to provide ammo for Masterpiece Arms and Da Vinci for you to try the firearms. And as I got into the conversation with David from Masterpiece Arms, he asked me if he could bring a couple of rigs. And so what I have set up for my sponsorship, other than running 
you know, the damn vendor area. Um, I have set up my own coaching area. So you will be able to come to the match and get free one-on-one coaching. So basically how I'm going to do it is I'm going to set it up to where you run it your way the first time. And then I'm going to coach you up and then try to make you better instantly on the second run. So I can't, it depends on who's standing there. I can't sit there and coach you for an hour. I'm probably going to have people in a line. I hope that want to do this. Um, but what I'm going to do is Dave is going to bring his uh, couple of rigs so people can try his masterpiece arms. And obviously Da Vinci I'm sponsored with them. They're going to bring obviously some guns for them, but they're going to allow you to shoot. I'm going to allow you to shoot on that stage and try their actual firearms in a stage scenario, not just, okay, here are five rounds to shoot through. Yeah. Add some steel. You're going to actually get to fire it and understand, I guess not understand, but feel it and really get a feel for that firearm in hand. I mean, you can't, I don't know any other range or match that's given you that right now. So this is my goal is, is to make the vendor area more of an event than just a, Oh, cool. Like Brian's here. Oh, yeah. great to see you, bro. You know what I mean? Cause like I talked to Brian about this. He is the model that I want to follow in our sport. Show up, let people see you, let people understand that you support them and they'll support you back. Like I, I talked to Ely last year at now or yeah last year at nationals and he said he had four or three times the amount of ammo they've ever sold in a year and i asked him i said what do you think that is he goes dude we've been coming here for four years and everybody knows us now they all trust us they know we make good ammo they know we support the sport and people are coming back and paying us back because he's even gone to his you know the supervisors or the people that are above them and they were like well what the hell happened he goes We've been showing up and I'm like, I keep like, I cannot stress that enough to companies that if you show up, they'll buy it because everybody, like I'm telling you right now, if SIG showed up with Romeo three XLs, I would buy one right away. <laughs> I don't have to wait for shipping. I, I, I would just, Oh, who, here money yours. Right. Like it's just, uh, it, it's just so frustrating that, I guess I just came from that paintball world where literally, and again, FFLs are a little bit different. I get how that works, but you can sell a lot of shit that doesn't have to do with an FFL, right? You don't have to sell guns, but you can sell a lot of parts. You can sell magazines. I mean, you name it. People will buy the shit when you're there because they already need it. Yep. So, but I'm, I'm really excited about them partnering up because that's something that I haven't seen a whole lot of. I haven't seen, you know, companies kind of work together. So that was kind of cool. Like, obviously they do, but in my from what I've seen in the vendor area, it's kind of like, Hey, vendor over here, <laughs> vendor over there. Yeah. Like they're not really kind of partnering up. So I thought that was kind of cool that those guys have all are working together and, you know, basically providing ammo so people can try their product. Yeah. Well, we've seen Bill's flags. He partners with them all the time. It's another model that he did with his stage flags. No, I mean, yes, but that's not, over. that's not what I, I mean. I, I'm just talking about like in that scenario where they're firearm companies and ammo companies joining together and kind of working together to give the shoot, the, the shooter slash, you know, workers an experience to get to try those firearms. Right. Like, Oh, by the way, are we getting those again for this match? Those flags? No, the big banners. I didn't, I didn't ask for you. I didn't cheap, send them down you there. Cheap bastard, Todd. That well, was so awesome get, to find the stages we'll instead of, of a English damn Sharpie on a piece of paper now. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, guys. If you don't make sure you write in the complaints that you didn't know the sponsor because it didn't have a big banner in the front of it from Bill. Put that on there. Yeah. And he'll have to buy them next year. I'll just <laughs> Who cares have people... if the match? Who cares if that match makes money or actually breaks even? We want to go into the red. <laughs> yep, I'll just have Aaron Angel. No, it was Adrian English run him over again. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember Bill was pretty pissed about somebody. Oh, for over. shit's sake! <laughs> <laughs> he forgot about that, didn't he? There was like, like two. I of just them. let that go. Yeah. That son of a bitch. Two of them legit got ran over by stage staff. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and then I did. I, I found out because I was walking around the range for something else. I was like. Why the hell is my flag laying on the ground? Yeah. Oh, it's not. The fucking, the, the thing that stakes it in the ground was yeah, bent over at a 90 degree <laughs> angle. I was like, oh, the fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, dude, it's hard to get, it's hard to get good volunteers, man. You I, know, you can't pay I busted enough. one of them out. I called him out. And I was like, bro. He's like, oh, you yeah. saw that? Bill's only zooming around the whole club on his four-wheeler. <laughs> Just cussing oh, out everybody. Oh, that was so awesome. <laughs> no, That's I think so my awesome. reaction was it was like 
fucking really like and yeah you- i mean if you do it that's one thing but tell us about it because you and i were both like i'm like it had to be my people so I, I can understand you ran over the meme guy's flag and were scared of repercussions. I'll be adults about this. Like, Do you remember when we went to dinner that we went to dinner that night or, or towards the end of the match? And you were like, just, we had so you had created so much content just from that match. I remember you were like busting yes. out through the phone and me and Todd were like, Holy shit, bro. He's just hammering on all this stuff. He's got so much good shit from this match. I remember you writing it all, like putting it all in. He's like, oh, I got to put that in there. I got to remember that one. I got to remember that one. Yeah. It's basically just create the meme while you're thinking about it. And then well, you don't have to, you don't have to work very hard. There's a lot of shit in this. one. There's a lot. Yeah. Every match yeah. you go to, there's a lot of content. Oh, available. So funny. Funny though, while you're making the memes though, you taught Tom and I a lot about social media right then and there, because I didn't know about the business.facebook.com that you could post to Facebook and Instagram at the same time yeah. and all this other stuff. And you gave Tom and I a class right then and there at Longhorn yeah. on how it to wasn't, get better. It wasn't the way it was when I first started doing this, but it's very nice that, you know, they got bought out. Now there you can just one post schedules to both of them. So, oh yeah. That's yeah. freaking awesome. Buddy who doesn't know last year was extra dry at the match and the road really isn't that dusty but when you have a match with 400 shooters and you have golf carts and cars and and all these people driving down it it got extremely dry and and the the dirt just packed down to where it was really dusty well bill picked it on a nice like wet kind of road of no dust at all and three days in you never saw go fast don't suck when a car drove by it was just a dust (laughs) just a dust cloud everywhere (laughs) you're like bill are you in there like (laughs) (laughs) yeah the golf cart drivers were actually wearing dust masks while they're driving around because it was so bad yeah well this year will be a lot better and but you'll never know because you uh didn't show you dick so (laughs) thank you for tuning in to this episode of the tom castro shooting academy next level podcast This is the end of part one. Tune in next week to listen to part two.